Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. All right, welcome to Walls Down. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. This is the podcast where we talk about stories in modern masculinity. Uh, This week we've got our friend Nathaniel Vidal on. He's going to talk about his story. He's also going to talk about uh, his documentary, Max. Three Um, X's. Three X's and Max. Um, And you'll hear more about that later. But uh, uh, first, I just want to catch up, Mike. I I saw you last week, but... Um, you know, this was, we had a lot to talk about last week, but how's your week been so far? It's been good. Um, I did cupping last night. Yeah. Yeah. I walked (laughs) into the studio slash Mike's apartment and he's like, look at this and starts to take his shirt off. And oddly I was like, I bet he did cupping. Yeah. So I did cupping last night with my homegirl, Lisa, uh, watched the Yankee game. I've never done cupping before. Explain for Um, people who don't know what it is, what it is. It's I and think, to me explain it to me. I think it's to release uh, toxic blood and get better circulation throughout mm-hmm. your body. I could be wrong. Um, I just thought it was weird and just wanted to try it. And what? Because so basically, Mike took his shirt off and he has like all these, these like, bruises, like circles, circle welts yeah, down, in a pattern back. across <laughs> the top of his back and down the center of his back. And it actually looks really cool, but it's very. And it's funny because it's October, so it was like a dope Halloween costume, even though it's not a Halloween costume. But this whole like cupping thing, it was just like, why not try it? Uh-huh. And it's all about like new experiences and just just try it once. You know? Well, and how does that sort of fit in? You know, to I'm thinking about all this. You know, because a lot of times you and I, either on the podcast or off the podcast, talk a lot about we're both into trying new things but a lot of like spiritual things mm-hmm. and a lot of like yeah. um sort of new experiences that I'll I'll speak for myself coming from where I came from that yeah. would definitely not be looked on as like if not non-masculine it would at least be looked on as like strange yeah like what are you doing yeah why would you do that yeah so was the is there any sort of like residual feelings when you try things like that or or well yeah because I I posted a couple pictures on Instagram and the one, like, of my back, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, because of, like, fear or, like, judgment or whatever. Uh, like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was mainly just to try it, you know? Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen people do it. I have a couple friends that have done it. And I was just like, why not? And she was like, yo, I'm practicing. Um, do you want to be one of my guinea pigs? And I was like, sure, why not? Hmm. And was it painful? Because I... Yeah, the ones around the like top of my neck, I think she put on too tight. So I was like, I was laying down face down and I was like, Ugh. but then, you know, it was funny. I was like, don't be a bitch. Yeah. Like, don't tell her it's too tight. But like when she took it off, there was like waltz. <laughs> yeah. I think a no. little bleeding. That, uh, that made me think of like so many times in my life. And this happened like two weeks ago. I went and got a massage. And so many times in my life, I've gotten a massage. And you know, you like go to the place where they do the like deep, tie whatever yeah. and they're like digging their elbow into you yeah and i don't really like that yeah. i think it hurts yeah and i'm not one of, like i know some people really dig Love, that but yeah. my whole life they would be like 
Because, like, my family, like, we just, like, massages or something. We, like, did, like, oh, mm-hmm. you have pain. Like, you should do that. It's, like, a nice relaxing thing or even if you have an injury or something. But I always remember being in so much pain and they can probably tell because then they'll be like, is that, is it good? To, do you want me to like soften up? And I would mm-hmm. always be like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And basically I would pay someone to be miserable for 45 minutes or an yeah. hour because I didn't want to say like, can you do medium pressure? Yeah. Cause like, cause I felt like that was like yeah. weak. And there was a, there was a point where I was like, yo, this is way too tight and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but I was like two weeks ago, I was watching these like Navy SEAL documentaries <laughs> on YouTube. I don't know why. And it was like all about like mental toughness, and I was like, uh, "Just be a Navy SEAL while you're doing this. <laughs> just like get past the pain. It's okay. It's only 20 minutes." And I was like, Yo, "Why don't you just tell her it hurts?" Like, well, it yeah, and that's and it's one thing like, you know, I know if you go so like if you go to like physical therapy and mm-hmm. they're doing something like that, it's like it might hurt, but it's to help get some. But like, yeah. I'll go to a massage that is purely for relaxation, and they're doing it too hard, and I won't tell them. Yeah, like I'll be too insecure to tell Yo, them Sam. so i was thinking that last this last one i got because the guy was going really hard and it was funny too because i had gone to the same place a couple weeks before and i'd had this woman and she was great mm-hmm. and so i like put her name in my phone and so i went back i was like oh it's windy here and they're like oh no she's like with someone else and the guy was like you come with me and i was like uh okay and so it was like a man too and so there's again something came into it of me like and I still kind of felt like when yeah. he, I did ask, I, he, I was, he was like, is it okay? I was like, yeah, can you do a little lighter? And I felt like he was like, and this surprised me, but I felt like he was like, oh, God, like, oh, fine. <laughs> like, you're, I can weaken it up for you. Um, yeah, well, and that actually, the idea of this, like, physical pushing yourself through needlessly, this is what I was thinking about on the way over here. Um, so I was sick this week. Like, mm-hmm. I just had, like... A head cold, um, and I called out of work one day, and I was like, I have, and I was thinking about it that day. I mean, I've gotten way better about this, but I have such a guilt and like almost shame about mm-hmm. calling out of work for being yeah. sick. Like, yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, at one point, I think a part of it is that like for a good chunk of my life, I would use any excuse to get out of work. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, like as a kid in school, like I faked sick all the time cause I hated school. And like, um, you know, when I was still like drinking and using and stuff, I would lie constantly or I would just like call out cause I was like, you know, strung point? out or yeah. like, you know what I Why mean? Why would I want to um, go to work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would just call out cause I didn't want to go. Um, and so I think that's a part of it, but also like I have coworkers and I have in my life who just like tough it out. Like, you know, I have this boss now who he's never said anything to me, but I know he like never takes sick days. And a part of me feels like, and I don't conceptualize it as a masculinity thing, but I know it has something to do with it that I'll be like, oh God, like you could, you could go into work. Like mm-hmm. you could go, but then now I'm trying to remind myself like you have sick days, like they exist for a reason you're not feeling well, like, why are you pushing yourself? You know what I mean? There's no one, when I, like, said I was going to be sick, nobody, like, pressured me to come in or anything. It was, like, purely in my head. But for every time I I take a sick day, for, like, the first half of the day, I have to, I'm, like, processing the guilt of, like, why I could have gone in or why, like, everyone at work is mad at me if they, especially if somebody has to cover something for me, like, they have to cover running something or, or doing something like that. It's, like, 
you know, I let them down or they're mad at me. Walker, why aren't you manning up? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah, so, but that's, uh, that's all right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm getting better about that. Self-care, like that was, I yeah. remember another time I was sitting with this group of guys and I was, I sort of knew half of them. This is like two or three years ago. I knew half of them and I, you know, like, but they all knew each other and they're just talking. So I was kind of just listening and they were talking about friends of theirs who were like, would talk about self-care, like when they were feeling bad and they were like mocking them. They were like, oh, these fucking guys, like, oh, go take your bath or whatever. Why don't you buy yourself some flowers? And these are guys that are like, you know, like are into like bettering themselves Mm -hmm. and like, they're like, I was so kind of like taken back and I didn't know them well enough to be like, you guys don't believe in that. Like you don't think you should take care of it. But like, I felt this like still like even in a, in a culture and this was, you know, not that it matters, but like here in New York and like, but these guys who have like changed their lives and are better themselves, but were mocking that idea of like, not just like toughening up mm-hmm. and like getting over it. And I was just like, man, that like, even in this circle, that's that idea is still very prevalent. Um, I'm a big supporter of self care. Yeah. Going to the movies by myself. Oh, well, I love that. I mean, <laughs> I go meditate, go walk, walk by the water, especially yeah. living in New York because it's so intense. Yeah. But I just think in general, it's just good to like just unplug from the world. Yeah. And just be. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you were talking about that idea of this like mental toughness and this, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like, yes, that is good to have. But do you, do I need to create it? Like, like, okay. Like if the shit were to hit the fan, you know, like I, I believe that I would have the ability to kind of like yeah. deal yeah. with things. But do I have to create these scenarios where I make things harder on myself? You know, like again, like the, I was reading this article about like uh, our culture of sleep mm-hmm. in Western society, but specifically in America and how we take it as like a badge of honor to be like, well, I only sleep six hours a night. Well, I yeah, sleep five hours a night. Nuts. And if you talk to, doctors they're like sleep and water are like the the two most important things in life like to have like across the board like it helps with like physical pain depression like all this stuff yet there is this and like i'll hear someone say like yeah i really don't sleep like five hours a night and i feel like challenged like i'm like oh god should i sleep less should i be working you know what i mean where but so then and i do sometimes like push myself where i'll only get like six hours of sleep for like two weeks in a row and I feel like shit by the end yep. of it. And then I don't do well in my life. My homegirl Emily goes to bed at nine o'clock, <laughs> nine thirty the latest. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's like I look at her, I'm like, how? Mm. That's, I'm lucky. Does if she I go get to bed up at like, like five AM? She gets up at six, six thirty. That's pretty great. Right? <laughs> Last so, time I went to bed at nine, I was probably like ten. Yeah, I don't think I I mean I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there would be like something wrong with me to go. Uh, all right. Well, so let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Nathaniel and uh, hear his story. Jeez. <laughs> Welcome back to the Walls Down podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Walker. And we got Nathaniel here. It's good to be here. <laughs> Thanks Bye. for coming out. 
Yeah, finally got the mic on and allowed to chime in when I want. So that's ready. So yeah. tell us, you just told us off mic, but tell us, he, he said he wanted to chime in. Tell your, your cupping story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was listening to you guys. I'm like, oh, I wish I had, my mic was on. Um, I had a hot cupping horror story. Sort of. <laughs> uh, not too much of a story. It just went horribly wrong. Uh, a bunch of, I was studying abroad in India, actually, for a Tibetan Buddhist philosophy program so we we're in Dharamsala where a bunch of Tibetan refugees are and there's this uh, Tibetan doctor and he mm. did the hot cupping he did acupuncture he did a bunch of stuff and everyone in my group had done it except for me and they all had great experiences and then finally I was like all right I'm gonna do it too and I guess he did it too long or too hard or whatever but um I think he kind of forgot about me he like walked away and just like <laughs> left just left the cups on. I think that might have been what happened but uh it just like was gross and bubbling up with blisters and like yeah. super painful and like everyone got like a little bit of blisters but it was like it was horrifying and everyone in my group was like "Ooh, that did not happen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it went pretty wrong but i guess kind of similar like i was just like oh like this is what's supposed to be like i just gotta you know just tough take it, it out yeah, yeah. tough it out yeah. and like, like nobody else was because complaining about it hurting or... yeah and i'm like i guess this is what it's supposed to feel like and did you feel I, good after no like, a couple days after <laughs> no, no never <laughs> no. i think it was just it was just too much so yeah. like it was just very painful for like five days and then eventually I'm gonna you fix know, your never felt good though would you ever do it again maybe probably not <laughs> <laughs> if if someone recommended someone highly i might give it a try but i would tell them my experience and be like i don't want that to happen again so. yeah make sure you're watching me yeah don't just walk away yeah but i'm also okay with never doing it again so So, uh for the audience who can't see you how do you identify so i identify as a cisgender male run-of-the-mill that's about it all right (laughs) um so what kind of what were your we'll jump right into it what were your what were some of the first messages you either like received non-verbally verbally what were kind of the first things you remember about what it was to be a man what it was to be masculine you know like where growing up really um yeah it's kind of a tough question i feel like in my family um there wasn't super much of a macho culture with my dad and my family uh i think because my dad was kind of a nerd Mm. uh he was like in finance but he was like a math nerd so like and i think growing up he you know he, so he wasn't like the most macho guy. Um, Did you as a kid recognize that? No, I don't think so. And I think I, most of my ideas of like what it means to be a man is like from the media and from friends and from um, just the outside culture. And I think, you know, not to say that he was completely like effeminate. Like I think like, you know, he would like blow up in anger sometimes mm-hmm. and yell and like booming voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and I think, you know, and that's definitely like kind of, you know, like my mom would yell too, but not in the same way. And there's definitely like a difference yeah. in like the manliness of yelling. Yeah. Um, but overall it was pretty, you know, I felt like okay to like, you know, I, I felt okay to be artistic and not really watch sports and, um, you know, not really care about all that stuff. But um, I think from just like the outside world, like culture, uh, I went to a, like a sports summer camp and I was not good at mm. sports and what is a sports summer? I've heard people talk about that. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I, I don't. I, uh, I don't know if it's like. Where did you grow up? I mean, it's not like officially designated a sports camp. It's just like that's what you do all the time is sports. Yeah. Like they had, 
Like you could do like an art thing here and there, uh-huh. but like that was no one cared about that. It was like <laughs> sports. Like, everyone was super into sports. Yeah, and um, it was super competitive. And um, and you know, it was a Jewish camp, so like no one was like particularly good. <laughs> like it wasn't like the best athletes <laughs> in the world. Yeah. So, um, but it was super competitive, and it was very very macho. And like, you know, um, when you say macho, what is that? I know. <laughs> There's a, I, I'm like, uh, I'm almost like, uh, you know, scared to reveal too much, but, um, there, it was very, uh, um, they wouldn't like hold back. It was very vulgar, I guess. Yeah. For yeah, kids. yeah. Like the counselors who were leading the teams would be like, we're going to rape the other team. Yeah. 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 Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. But it's like, um, and you know, it's like you, you get hurt and you like, don't be a pussy yeah yeah no yeah we've talked about like our experience with like football coaches and stuff and like hearing stuff that in red like you say it now and you're like you were saying that to children yeah (laughs) you're gonna cry like a fucking girl get up man up yeah so and i think that's when i became most i guess self-conscious of my masculinity was Mm -hmm. like in that time um and like not being good at sports not even really caring about sports um I mean, I, like, had fun doing them, even though I wasn't very good, but I didn't care to watch them, and, like, everyone was super into, like, watching, you know, baseball, football, and everything, and I'm, like, I don't care to watch it, so, and I felt, like, self-conscious about that, like, it felt, like, you know, not masculine to not be interested in watching sports. Totally. Um, So, then, yeah, just, like, and beyond the camp, just, like, in school and stuff, it's just, like, same thing, like, if you don't watch sports, it's kind of, like doesn't seem manly and yeah i mean i I didn't care about that (laughs) i I remember like i can still now like when my friends will talk about um you know certain things that were happening in sports like at prior to the certain time in my life where i consciously made the switch that i've talked about on here like about like being like i'm going to be into sports now because i see what it gets you like socially Mm -hmm. like my friends will talk about like the bulls in the night and i'm like i didn't really watch i didn't care then like i just didn't watch it i don't know anything about it it's like there's this clear almost like i didn't exist in that world until now and now i can like tell you the most useless facts about sports because I, I guess i like trained myself for a lot of years to care about it um but yeah so so it was like more so outside of your house do you have you have brothers sister i do i have um I have nine siblings, nine younger. Wow. Uh, nine younger? Not, well, I have a twin. Okay. He's technically younger, but... Um, okay. By how much? 40 minutes, actually, which is a lot. Wow, that's a long time. time. Yeah, it was, he got a little stuck in there. So. <laughs> he got lost <laughs> on the way out. Um, so I had to C-section him out. Oh, wow. So, uh, hence the time. But um, Are you guys identical? We're close. Okay. We actually aren't fully sure... Huh. If we are technically, because we're like very, 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 very close, but we're not like exact. Yeah. Like you can tell us apart, like structurally. So, huh. um, but yeah, maybe he got stretched out when he got stuck <laughs> and like his face got stretched. His face is like a little longer. So. Yes. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it happened. That's you know. definitely, That's the so science weird. checks out on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I have four, so I have four full siblings, including my twin. And then I have, uh, four half brothers oh wow so, so, so my dad had nine children wow where are you from i grew up in brooklyn actually okay All right, cool. so that's a lot of young boys 
around. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's one girl, and of the nine children, there's one. Wow. Girl. So very, so <laughs> very testosterone heavy. Yeah, and was there? That's interesting because you're talking about like being not this like not not kind of necessarily buying into that kind of sports culture and this kind of like the media constructed was that kind of a through line through all of your siblings uh, or not not at all actually which is the funny part um my little brothers especially like the older little ones um it's like there's my twin who's more or less like me uh mm. he's a little bit more into sports but i think it's kind of like what you said like he kind of trained himself to, yeah, yeah. to get into it which i thought about doing but i just never did because i'm like fuck it i don't care yeah nice. uh, but so he's a little bit into sports more than i am but not really but then like my uh and my sister doesn't care she's into theater you know um but my so my other two full brothers uh who are like one just went to college he's a freshman in college and the other one's 15 and they're super into sports mm -hmm. They're super competitive with each other. Uh, they're always like getting a fight and punching each other, which me and my brother did. Me and my twin did too. But, uh -huh. uh, but with them, it's like, it's got this very athletic component and they'll like, you know, like rip on each other. Like, oh, like, I'm so much better at like, like shooting hoops than you are. Like, yeah, you yeah. suck. Like, fucking suck. <laughs> uh, there's, and they're like super into like, you know, baseball, basketball, football. Like they talk about it a lot and like... <laughs> And I always feel left out, and now I'm like, oh man, I'm really like the odd one out uh, in the family. Interesting. So but, yeah, um, so it's like see, you see that sort of divide that a lot of times, like we've discussed, like see, you see out in the world, you've got that even in your house, like yeah. that difference. And uh, it, you know, for a long time, they were just young kids, so like it didn't really, you know, we weren't on the same level, but now we're closer, you know, because we're all, you know, ones in college, like we're all kind of closer in the same you know, bracket sort of. Yeah. And so now it's like more noticeable. It's like, oh, <laughs> now, yeah. So it's interesting. So once, so you kind of, and you kind of already talked about this, like you've developed these ideas of what it is to be man and then what, where you fit in when you went and kind of took that out into the world. Like usually I feel like it's middle school, high school. Like how did that work? What did that look like? What, how did you see yourself fitting in there? Um, sorry, could you rephrase so, the question? Well, well, so basically what I mean is like, Mike and I have talked, like, I remember as a kid being very like sensitive and very like, I was very close with my mother and my sister. I also technically now have nine siblings, but more or less I grew up with, there were seven of us. Um, but I was very sort of like sweet and I was very, um, I was like scared of everything. Um, but I remember, and then I was like into skateboarding and art. And then I remember like a friend, one friend I had who was my skateboarding friend left and all, I was at a school and going into middle school and like everyone was really into basketball and football and all this. And I remember like making this, like seeing this thing of like, I will have more friends if I start doing these things. So I like constructed. So what I mean is like, basically like I had my idea of who I was, but then I altered that to fit into a system that i saw and some people we talked to mm -hmm. didn't some people are like fuck that i'm gonna be myself like whatever and then the world responded in certain ways and so i'm wondering for you going out like you know having the messages you had from home having the ideas you had about yourself and then you go into this world where i feel like 
middle school and high school are really where it starts to, you start to play out these roles. What did it look like? Okay, so like how did how was I affected? Yeah. By it basically, um, you know, I've been talking about sports a lot, and I was kind of saying how like I never got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides for that, I guess I was really affected in like socially speaking, like in terms of like trying to be cool mm. in kind of a masculine way, and I yeah. guess like you know, like getting into smoking weed and stuff was like I never really truly enjoyed <laughs> smoking weed. Uh, <laughs> But um, but I did it a lot. Yeah. You know, once I started getting into high school, because it felt like cool, and I was doing it a lot just <laughs> because it felt like something to do and something yeah. like cool to do. Um, and then I got a little bit into graffiti, uh, for the same thing. Like I was into art, and graffiti felt like kind of like a manly way to do art. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like so, dangerous. Yeah. And like, yeah. And um, and to be honest, I didn't really like do it. Actually, like I had like a little black book, and like I was like, like um, did you have a graffiti name? I did. What was uh, the name? So, because my initials are Envy, yeah. my name was Envy, like the word Envy, but it was capital N, capital V, and then like lowercase e, lowercase y on the end, so it's like Envy. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> so, I actually was pretty proud of the name. I thought nice. Was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, you know, I filled up my little black book, but I didn't actually go out. I was like a little afraid of the danger, I guess, so like I didn't actually do it that much, but I yeah. like was into it. In quotes, if you can see, if you yeah. hear me doing the quotes with my fingers. There. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and... Uh, Did you get, like, the response you wanted from that? Like, the smoking weed, which, by the way, I totally identify with <laughs> not enjoying smoking weed, but being like, I guess I'm doing this a ton. Yeah. Um, I guess I did. Like, I got... I became friends with, like, a group, and I always, like... I was, like, pretty quiet, and especially when I smoked weed, I would get really quiet, and I always <laughs> kind of felt weird, because, like, I would get into these, like, you know groups of like cool kids and like everyone's smoking but then i would just like shut up once i was high but um but like you know they i guess they enjoyed my company enough they never you know they never seemed to care um they're still friends with me so Mm. i guess it worked in that sense i became friends with a bunch of potheads and graffiti people yeah (laughs) so artists so you kind of found as opposed to necessarily like shifting fully who you were you like found a group to fit in with i guess but i they to me they felt like cool so like i had like those weren't my only friends like i had other friends who were like just more kind of like on the straight edge side but um but these were you know to expand and and feel cool and feel like oh like i'm not just like a loser who like doesn't do anything i like i don't know it felt cool to expand into this other group Mm. so it wasn't like my only group of friends but it was like it felt validating i guess to also be able to fit into another group and not just be limited to, you know, the few friends I had, like, since elementary school. Yeah. Um, So, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, affected me in that way. And then, um, I also, my middle school was very, uh, I guess, ghetto, for lack of a better word. Um, It was just, like, very into, like, hip-hop culture and everyone wore like super baggy clothes and stuff mm. and like the kids who weren't that the kids who were more into like punk music were like a really small group and they were like uh you know they were just like the potheads this is in middle school before i was smoking weed so i was like oh i don't want to be a pothead so i guess mm. i'll like dress in baggy clothes and <laughs> listen to rap um mm. and there's also like just a super macho element with that i feel like where i, I went through different kind of 
subgroups of like macho-ness yeah and like just was trying to like navigate it and like i always felt like i was kind of posing no matter where i was um totally yeah i I mean we've talked about that how there's like try on these different masks to see which one fits yeah Mm -hmm. you you try and yeah you do the different thing and like how in every subculture there is bro culture like Mm. i found that like to be true with like every different i mean even when i was like the like skater or whatever which i wasn't even i couldn't even skateboard i would just like carry a skateboard around um but we would all like beat the shit out of each other and like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like call each other pussies and like like so it wasn't that that was like oh this was one thing and then i went to this other one it was just like trying on same thing like trying on different things that i thought would get different response or maybe i would feel more like myself um i'm wondering was there anything were there things that you were into or interests you had that you didn't sort of live out loud because the messages maybe you were getting back or fear of rejection yeah um i will say i was actually lucky enough and this is kind of like how i mentioned we're at home like masculine influence wasn't super heavy the macho restrictions wasn't too strong so actually i do feel like despite you know me trying to like fit into different groups and despite all that i still felt free to like pursue what i wanted um which was nice and i feel lucky for that because a lot of people i feel like feel a lot more restricted Hmm. um but no i was always like pretty into art and you know from a pretty early age i wanted to get into film and um which is not like not like that isn't manly like actually film itself the culture behind film production also has this whole macho element which uh we can get into that later if you want but um but no i actually felt like ultimately i felt uh free to pursue what i really wanted so i don't feel like i missed out or like didn't get to pursue what i really wanted Hmm. to pursue which which is good because i think ultimately after going through middle school and high school and going through these groups like my parents were always supportive of what I wanted, um, like what I wanted to do. And eventually I went to like a pretty, um, open, weird college that like really allowed me to like be myself Mm. and pursue like the art forms I wanted to pursue the way I wanted to. So, so yeah, ultimately I think I was free from that, which is nice. Well, so let's, let's take a break and I want to talk about that next. Just like what it was like once you you know kind of went out into the world as it were like on your own so all right we'll take a break college life we'll be be back welcome back to the walls down podcast i'm mike i'm walker all right so nathaniel (laughs) nice so um yeah tell us a little bit about your college experience and what that looked like yeah so i went to uh um a very open liberal arts kind of hippie-ish college uh where it was very you know it was a art school and a liberal arts school um and it had a pretty large like gay lesbian lesbian trans population um and there was a lot of you know open conversation about gender um and a lot of people were like you know, because liberal arts, a lot of people are gender studies, philosophy, and all that stuff. So there's a lot of um, 
kind of intellectual conversations going on around that. And that kind of really uh, opened my eyes, um, partially from taking like philosophy classes and like learning kind of gender theory a little bit through that. And then just like being surrounded by these people who like talked about it like in regular life. Like it wasn't just like in the classroom, like people like really lived it. Um, Mm. And especially people who did have, you know, these um, alt identities or like, um, you know, I learned like what trans was like, it like blew my mind at first because I kind of had the idea of it like, you know, from just like a heteronormative point of view, like, oh, like, you know, transsexual, like, oh, like, you know, you have this idea of it as being kind of this weird thing and then like learning about it and learning about like, uh, gender and stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I felt very free to be myself in that culture. Uh, and that's, I feel like where I really opened up. Um, and I, I definitely got a little more effeminate there because like, I felt like, okay, too. Hmm. Um, so describe that freedom like you felt, <laughs> uh, I think I, I started dressing a little more, um, the way I wanted to, nice. uh, so a little bit more colorful than I had previously, uh, my clothes got tighter than they were before, yeah. which, um, you know, also is like stylish in its own way. But the growing up in like the schools I went to in Brooklyn, like people wore like very baggy clothing. Yeah. So like it took me a while to like feel comfortable wearing like tighter clothing. Uh, but yeah, so like the way I dressed and like just, you know, also like being kind of um, touchy feely with like other men. Mm like felt okay for the first time. Like it wasn't weird and it wasn't gay necessarily. It was yeah. just like, you know, like you're comfortable with yourself. Um, so, and you know, sometimes it was in like a humorous way. Like, you know, t- sometimes two guys would like be touchy cause it's funny and yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, Oh, like no homo kind of way. But yeah. also like, um, but it went beyond that to the point where it's just like, you know, it's whatever. Like you're just friends and you're expressing love. Yeah. 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 Um, so it just felt like all around comfortable. Yeah, uh, I guess is the main word. Um, well, and and it's interesting that you talk about how people were like taking it outside of the classroom as well because of where you were. Like I think that is such a huge piece of it because I took gender studies in college and I remember feeling like I remember my response was like this is just, this isn't gender studies. This is men suck studies. Like this is, and, and definitely was not like having, like taking that out into any, you know? And so it, it just like bounced right off. Like there was nothing sunk in nothing. And it was much later in my life when I was in a situation, it was another academic situation in grad school where those things were all being discussed, but also outside, like the people I was around were interested in that. And so there it really kind of like sunk in in a way where it went from being like you were talking about like it was like i know about it like i know what it is and i respect it and whatever and like let it be what it is to like something that i understood kind of fundamentally um well so having that kind of freedom did that open you up to like what you could do as far as like yes like the i think the dressing thing is so interesting because i have had similar experience but and and the we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about hugging on here yeah mm. <laughs> like, when i first met walker you after we were done talking he was leaned in to give me a hug and i was like the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he's like we're gonna hug and i was like 
okay. <laughs> so we hugged. And about like 30 seconds into it, I was like, okay, let me go. <laughs> 30 seconds is a long time. <laughs> it was probably more like 10, but yeah, it okay. felt like, uh, <laughs> yeah, in felt my like head, hours. it felt like an hour. But it's because like I've been like, you know, have met men who we've, um, who's like taught me that it's like other men can hug me and express that like, and it's funny too, like that, what you were talking about, that sort of like, oh, we're joking around thing. It's like. You know, so much of that happened for me when I was like drunk or drinking. And it, you know, like, mm. you know, they talk, their studies or not say, you know, and people that talk about how that's like getting drunk is a way for men to like feel comfortable to express love yeah, to each that, other. That, that wall. Yeah. Where you can't, like, if you notice, like, you get like more like, I love you, man, and this kind of thing. And it's not like that that is an inherent byproduct of alcohol. Alcohol doesn't make you love more. It, brings down your walls of like you know feeling like you have to act a certain way but so did it as far as like how you could be in life and i'm also interested i know i'm asking a lot of questions but in relationships like what did that look like and you know in or even just romantic relationships friendships both with men both women like what did that look like yeah um that's actually interesting place to go to uh because so at in college um so i've only dated women but um because we were in this in college at least because we were in this atmosphere this very open atmosphere mm. and it was kind of understood at least by most people like like oh what we used to think was not okay actually is okay <laughs> um and it's definitely yeah. okay here uh and actually you know you want to there's always pressure to be more macho in relationships um before college and in college I felt less of that pressure because like oh like we're both you know we're both in the same college we both understand now like mm. it's okay for me to be a little less you know macho like I, I don't have to I can be myself I don't have to worry about um appearing effeminate to to my girlfriend mm. uh which I still did a little bit um but not as much I think as I would have if I wasn't in that culture if yeah. we weren't both in that culture so uh so yeah i definitely felt more free there and i think like um yeah i don't know just like whining <laughs> even just like being like i don't want to do that like <laughs> yeah, yeah not being afraid to like just sound like gay air quotes yeah. um or like you know yeah flamboyant or like i can just like be weird and like not worried about being judged. So yeah, I think in relationships it, it was even more relieving because that's like, that's, you know, the most intimate r relationship. That's the most intimate connection mm. you have with someone. So that's where you want to hopefully be the freest. So I think, yeah. you know, if I didn't feel free in that, that would have felt way worse than not feeling free in other relationships. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> did it, did it affect the way you, went about attracting partners or like, did you, you know what I mean? Like, hmm. cause I feel like a lot of times maybe, maybe when I was in high school or college or whatever, it was almost like sometimes there was this like jockeying to be like the most alpha, you know? And it was like, that's, I don't want to look bad, especially in front of a woman that I might be attracted to or something, you know? And by look bad, I mean like have someone like, punk me like mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah that kind of thing like yeah i think the only way 
like my the main my main way of thinking was like confidence i'm like women love confidence mm. like it's not necessarily like being macho but like i can be a little more feminine but confidence is definitely something that's like trans mm-hmm. gender totally uh so that was instead of being more macho i think what i was thinking was like just be confident that was the way i was going about it um so yeah i was and actually it was almost not being afraid to be effeminate to like being confident to not be so macho yeah like that was its own confidence and that's kind of where i lean to i'm like oh i can be confident in my own way like let me just be confident mm. instead of needing to fit this like macho alpha male uh persona so yeah and i think that worked to my advantage yeah in a sense What's, um <clears throat> keep going uh i think that's it <laughs> well, it's not, well what i'm <laughs> hearing in it what it sounds like is like you were comfortable in your college setting mm-hmm. and like you really found out who you were and that allowed you to be com- confident and not wear these different masks of like extra baggy clothes or the punk rock kid or mm-hmm. um all that like bullshit we think we need to like per- portray um totally so there wasn't that sense of like you know less than feeling or am i acting too feminine mm-hmm. or um am i not acting too macho or mm-hmm. whatnot it was just like this is nathaniel this is me mm-hmm. and i'm finally figuring out who i am and i'm just gonna rock with that yeah and, and people responding to that mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, people liked me, I think. So I think it worked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember in college at one point feeling like I like I remember this thing, which I think has become such a cliche of like thinking like women, I'm, I'm like not getting the women I want or like I don't have a girlfriend. And I remember being like women like assholes, right? Like women like assholes. Yeah. And like, I was always kind of like, a joker in my group. I was like, had a sense of humor and would like be known by that. And I was like, so then I just, I remember this was this one summer, I think I was like 19 or something. And for like a few months, I just remember I just started being a asshole. Like I just started being like really cutting and yep. mean. I've went through that too. And being like, well, th- but like being like, I guess this will work. Cause I think mm-hmm. I've, I, I seem to observe that <laughs> it did not work at all. <laughs> People just thought I was a jerk. And I just, again, would end up like alone and sad and be like, but then also feel like I was betraying who I was. Cause it's mm-hmm. not the kind of person I am at all. Um, and so I think when you're talking about that idea of like owning who you are, and like being comfortable to like put that out there it's like it's such a scary thing because it's like you don't know like it's it's like such a complex message that i don't think you could really portray that in a movie or in music i mean you can i think you can hint at it i don't know but I, but it's interesting like thinking of it that way um okay well so let's see do we got should we take that nah, let's let's go so talk about I want to talk about like today, what your ideas of like your, your masculinity, if you had to like describe it now and how you kind of function out in the world now. My masculinity now. Um, well, it's definitely, you know, since leaving the bubble of college, uh, it's become a little bit harder because it's, you know, back in the real world and mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to, st- you know, I feel comfortable being myself but also, like, you know, there are, like, norms that have to follow. And, like, also, like, it's 
complicated in like the office setting like in mm. work relationships and like you know you're just talking about hugging earlier so i'm like we're kind of work friends like we're friendly like do, do we hug or like should i shake your hand but, <laughs> and like i think and in film too it's also like more blurred because it's like mm. everyone's kind of like more buddy buddy yeah so then it's like do we hug but like it's also like are you like that kind of person? Like, are you a hugger? Like, should I just yeah. shake your hand? Or yeah. should I do form? I don't know. So it's it's more complicated now. <laughs> um, but I definitely like like I don't like I stopped caring that I don't like watch sports really. And so like people will talk about it, and I'll just be like, I don't watch sports. <laughs> yeah. And so like I feel comfortable to not give a shit about things, which is you know freeing uh-huh. to not give a shit. So. Um, so yeah, I think that's what like sticks strongly, strongest with me now mm. is just like not giving a shit about the stuff I don't want to give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you know, I'm still I still feel pretty awkward sometimes not knowing how you know. to navigate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, well, and talk about the like film culture, the like because you you are a filmmaker, you're on sets, mm-hmm. right? Like you are like in that world. So what what is that? look like you know because that's sort of an alternative world but it has its own norms and its own culture so totally um so i work now i work primarily in post-production mm. um but you know for the past few years i was kind of bouncing between a lot of different roles and uh, i was on set a lot and i worked for a, a pretty small production company so like our sets were like really small but every once in a while we do like more bigger things with like you know 30 people and you know million jobs uh and i think the overall film production culture is kind of macho Mm. and it's got this almost like military hierarchy um and it's like people like will get outwardly angry if you're not doing your job well Mm -hmm. quote quote, unquote um and like you get like you know shat on if like it's like oh you're such a noob or like like this kid (laughs) fucking PA doesn't know what he's doing. Like yeah. people like are just like very comfortable being angry at you. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's, you have to feel like even from when you're first starting, you have to seem like you're like, know exactly what you're doing all the time. And there's yeah. all this pressure. And I think, um, and you know, there's no like coddling. There's no like, Oh, it's okay. You'll do better next time. It's always just like, if you, if you do, if you make a mistake, like, like you know anger um yeah not everyone's like that but i think the the culture overall is pretty harsh yeah um sounds like a sports team yeah it is it, it is Fucking do your job. Yeah. <laughs> no i'm like no i mean <laughs> it sounded like you're describing like my high school like sports experience <laughs> i think just do your job <laughs> yeah uh i think it's actually yeah very similar to that and also like i i compared it to the military because like everyone like it's very segmented yeah like everyone's roles very in like this very specific hierarchy yeah, yeah. um and so over my like sports also i think is also kind of military yeah in some yeah in some regards so well and there's definitely this mentality in film because i used to do film production and there's like this like like you say this hierarchy like you would never go like sometimes you like wouldn't even go to your own department head if you're a pa you're not going to necessarily like you if you went and talked to the first ad on a really big set they might be like what the fuck are you doing like go talk to the second second or yeah like if you talk to the wrong talk to the key set or like (laughs) don't you dare talk to the director or like yeah like there's this kind of like and it is this 
Uh, I mean, I still have plenty of friends who are do film, and they, it's just it, it's one of the it's weird that and there I know this happens in other professions, but it's like this weird place where it is allowed to just fucking unload on someone who like put a road cone in the wrong place or like you know spilled something on set or like you know what i mean yeah. it's like these perfectly natural human mistakes and it is it's, it's a high high pressure but i also do think there is that mentality of like of like the more macho guys like listen i'm a fucking grip like i'm like the grips and the, yeah. the electricians have this kind of like very tough guy whereas like the pas are a little bit like weaker and like oh if your art department like get the fuck out of here like you know what i mean like it's just, really? it is very like bro-y kind of yeah and there's also like a camaraderie element yeah. too like so like you know there's like the pros and cons but uh like the camera department like there's like this brotherhood yeah you know? i mean and you know at least back in the day it was like probably all men now mm. it's more gender mixed and um it's not necessarily a brotherhood but yeah uh but i think that's that the culture is still remnants of this more like male dominant culture and yeah, yeah it was like a brotherhood and like you know like the camera guys all stick together and that's like literally all stick together. Like a football team <laughs> yeah 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 like the defensive backs would stay with the head yeah yeah the linebackers <laughs> the offensive lines would just we all break up into yeah. our own stuff you like sit at yeah. the lunch table yeah. it's like oh, get the fuck <laughs> out of here you're not sitting here you go sit yeah. like go sit with your department yeah yeah that's funny because it could be like this you know skinny the Twinkie little guy can feel like he's super macho because, like, he's like, yeah, I'm a, I follow focus on, like, this, you know, Hollywood movie. Yeah. Like, I'm a fucking follow, like, I'm a focus puller. Well, uh, that's anyway. great. And, and, that, and you saying that, like, it shows that, like, there's something that gets ingrained in us that, like, sort of, like, maybe I couldn't, uh, when I was in high school, I couldn't be the, like, mod, but now I'm provided this this power and this, like, position uh, where I can, like, yeah. exercise this, like, fuck you, like, you know, like, and I see that other place, you know, I see that plenty of places where it's, like, people who maybe were on the like short end of like getting bullied or whatever. And then it's like given the power, they don't necessarily make it better. They're like, do it differently. They just like reenact it on a, in a different way. Power is yeah. a strong drug. It is. It is a very strong drug. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, I think it's changing. And I think a lot of that is yeah. because there's a lot more women in the field now. Yeah. And I think that changes the balance of it. And, you know, I think all the, these ideas that we're talking about now, I think are all being talked about overall yeah in general more so yeah i think it's getting better no but, i think it is and i will also say i loved being on set like, i love doing it. i'm not i'm not bad and they're not all assholes they're no, definitely they're like but I, and i think it's more in like the traditional kind of yeah. sets that are like more like that but then like you know more indie stuff and more yeah um smaller stuff it's definitely not like that and in post-production it's not like that so that's that's kind of why i stuck to post-production yeah. it was just well, more and, my speed and I also think, yeah, it's like it's changing and it can take. So when I um, when I was in film, I was on the production. So I was like a PA da, 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 and I worked my way up. I worked with this guy on several. He was sort of my mentor and he was like a very flamboyantly gay man. And he first AD'd a lot of movies. And then I ended up, I first AD'd a couple that he directed. 
and then I first AD'd a couple other projects and people, and we would have these talks about how, like I worked on other projects with different ADs and they were that like classic, just like screaming at someone for when they messed up and then like humiliating them in front of the whole crew. And he always talked about it. He was like, I think that's like the wrong, you set the tone for the set. Like as a first AD, like your job is to like manage the set and to set the tone. And like, so he taught me that like, you can like, you don't have to do that. And I saw that later. And it was also funny because then when I started first ADing, people that had known him, that knew him and knew me, they were, they would call me a gay D because they said I AD'd like, like in a gay way, which was funny because what that meant was I was nice. And I was like, I mean, I would sort of take on some of his mannerisms, which is, you know, like he like call on the walkie for something and the person responding, he'd be like, loved it, which I would do too, just because, but I did that because I knew when I was under him and he would respond that way, it made me feel good. It made me feel like I was mm. doing a good job. And like it didn't, I wasn't working out of fear. I was working because yeah. I wanted to do a good job. Um, so I think you're right. I think there are people out there not doing it that way. And it, um, okay, well, so let's take a break. And when we come back, I want you, uh, I want to hear about Max and we'll do the questions. Sick. Let's do it. Cool. Who actually that's there's a whole thing about masculinity there. <laughs> Should do an episode on SpongeBob. Very true. All right, welcome back to Walls Down. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. We're here with Nathaniel. That's me. <laughs> so talk to us about your documentary. Talk to us about Max. Cool. So three X's. Max with three X's, mm. which we knew was gonna be problematic Google search wise. And <laughs> we still so uh, there's a drag king called Max Pleasure, and it's Max with three X's, mm. um, and we the title is just his first name. Um, and he's someone I actually went to college with, which is how I knew him, but um, I wanted to make a documentary about him, kind of just like a case study, like, because um, he kind of encompasses to me uh, this kind of gender blending like non-conforming idea, which is what I became attracted to because I don't like identify as a man. I'm a cisgendered man, but I just am a man in the way I want to be. Like I can be a less macho man and Mm. be like the kind of man I want to be. And, um, you know, in drag culture, drag Queens, most people are familiar with drag Queens. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of this like hyper feminine portrayal. Like, you know, it's generally men dressing up as, woman but in a very hyper feminine way um and drag kings is kind of you know usually the opposite it's uh usually women dressing up as men it's like very hyper masculine mm. and like masculinity has uh is less performative inherently uh than femininity mm. so usually drag kings tend to all be kind of or like the kind of typical drag king they tend to all kind of be similar mm. which is just like you know, a lot of them are like kind of act like rappers uh or, you know, they'll just like, you know, just like, you know, macho, like, uh, wife beater shirt. Yeah, like, yeah. um, and so Max, uh, kind of goes down the middle where he, he's very inspired by the kind of glam rock eighties, like David Bowie, yeah. um, yeah. you know, that whole, th- like, uh, Freddie Mercury, like that whole thing where it's like, they're men. But they're not afraid to be feminine. Yeah. Right? But it's like feminine, like glamorous kind of yeah. femininity. Um, 
but to them it's still masculine it's masculine to them it's their version of masculinity and so max is modeled off that and you know is a pretty feminine looking drag king uh so like he'll he'll do like the facial hair um Mm -hmm. but you know his hair is still long you know he he goes by she in regular life i won't uh say his real name but um but in real life he he's not trans or anything like he's a woman mm-hmm. in reg- in regular life he identifies as a woman um but um you know in, in his drag persona he keeps the long hair he'll have the beard but he'll you know he'll have like eye makeup and you know he'll wear suits with like the very like sparkly yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh you know outfits and um and usually his acts are like very emotional so kind of mm. like emotional rock star like uh you know i guess kind of like the tortured kind of musician yeah uh is the is the persona but i was always i was very interested in that i'm like here's a way like this kind of drag performer is doing is showing us a version of drag that doesn't go to one extreme or the other yeah. it's like it's showing like you can be you know what you want to be you can blend you know your your gender can be a blend of of things uh so i wanted to like kind of introduce people you know is kind of to introduce people who aren't familiar with drag kings yeah to that but also to introduce everybody to the idea that like gender can be a blend mm-hmm. and like beyond just like this performance like your regular gender can be a blend like yeah. there's no like what is gender you know it's whatever you want it to be so yeah um and i actually wanted to kind of get a little intellectual which we were only able to do a little bit in the film because it's a short film um so we just kind of touch on it but but that was kind of my whole thing it's i'm actually you know i like drag but i'm not i'm not super into drag Uh uh don't tell anyone but um (laughs) but so my idea wasn't actually because i really love drag but it was like because i really love the idea of challenging yeah gender norms so so that was kind of my uh my motivation for that and hmm. like it speaks to like fluidity yeah exactly yeah that was my first thought yeah yeah well and it is it is such an interesting way into it because like you said the idea of like drag queens is like you know it, it does like play on this like sort of still almost kind of very binary very like this is this is and like that idea, because I, I also find that just very, the, the idea, and we've talked about this before, like, to me, the confidence, like what you were talking about, to be more fluid and, and like, express your masculinity the way you want to is, to me, it feels more masculine. Like, to be just comfortable to, like, like, I, I don't know if we talk about it here, but, like, sitting, I sit with my legs crossed tightly, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, crossed at the knee, and I would never do that growing up and and like that's such a little thing but to me it's like that has nothing to do with like it might be seen as feminine but to me it's like comfortable and the so the confidence to be comfortable to me is like feels i feel more like myself as a man and i identify as a man so when i feel like myself i feel like a man mm-hmm. um yeah i mean if if you guys any chance you get to see it i've seen the the documentary and it's really interesting um it's on vimeo it's on vimeo. got a vimeo we'll, staff pick actually and we'll uh shoulders off. <laughs> um. and, and we'll link and do whatever you know all that um what was it like to 
explore your interest in that with someone who like sort of a subject almost like what was that like um uh you know i did there's some times where i made like a little too many assumptions and i was like oh, i need to be a little more objective hmm. uh but you know i to me max kind of represented like what i do in a less showy way hmm. like max is kind of performing in a very you know flamboyant kind of outward way that i do in subtle ways yeah um so it's almost like taking myself up to 10 mm, uh, i love that so so i kind of related to max in that way and in this kind of weird way um so i you know i was just really interested in seeing how max you know became that how did like max get yeah. to that point where he was comfortable uh being that way and um having you know traditional upbringing uh growing up in a traditional gender norms yeah like how did he eventually get to the comfort level of challenging all that and yeah. to, to such a you know public outward way um so it was, it was like enlightening just to just to see that like mm. like you know i kind of related but only a little bit and i want to like yeah i related but also didn't fully you know i wasn't fully there yeah um i don't know if i'm answering your question no you are <laughs> you are answering it because uh, i think that's that was my what i was wondering is about like your own assumptions and your own but also i guess uh, and I, just even from watching it uh, i wonder if it was being around like that kind of freedom was inspiring or just you know to me it's like it would it would to me it would feel inspiring i guess because i can't think of another word but like because i do gravitate towards i mean freddie Mer i was freddie Mercury for halloween last year and i mm -hmm. like it was so just even dressing sort of and being i went to like the parade and was walking the streets and people are yelling freddie and, and like to just even in kind of embody it for a night was kind of fun but also like this weird like i like this and but I feel uncomfortable, like, because it's not me, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, I guess, I, I, I guess I'm just sort of asking, like, did it kind of make you want to push yourself a little more? Did it make you more conscious of what you do do? I think it did kind of inspire me to push myself more. And mm. I think, you know, like I was saying earlier outside, once I left college, that bubble, um, I did kind of feel a little more self-conscious again. Mm. Um and because it's regular life and like the world is big and full of assholes and, um <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it did kind of inspire me to to go a little bit further in like being myself i guess and yeah. like not necessarily just being myself but also like pushing the boundaries a little like trying things out like put you know doing something a little bit you know more flim more feminine or more masculine yeah. and, like just pushing myself in one of those directions just to see how i feel like try it on and yeah um and just, you know, not be afraid to be a little more uh, extreme, I guess. Not yeah. extreme, but no, like a, no. just like push, you know, push my style, my my personality a little bit further and like sure. be a little more showy, I guess. Totally. And not be afraid to do that and not be, you know, not be shackled down by it. Like not feel yeah. like I have to be stuck with one very specific personality or, you know, way of presenting myself. Yeah. Um, As opposed to what we've talked about before, which is like putting on these masks because you think I like I, I always describe it as I know what you want from me, so I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. As but more 
putting on not maybe it's on Matt, but like I know what I want to try today. Yeah. So I'm going to try that on. Yeah. It's less like, you know, putting on a mask to experiment versus putting on a mask to fit in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, putting on a mask, but acting like the mask was always there and you're pretending yeah. like the mask was always there <laughs> yeah. versus like today I'm putting on this mask and I'm not yeah. like hiding the fact that it's a mask or something. Yeah. It's like it's putting like, on a mask to hide versus putting on a mask to stick out. Yeah. 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 I love it. So. All right. Well, so, and hopefully we're going to have him on the podcast we're gonna we're gonna try and make that work because i think it would just be awesome and we're gonna try and figure out the logistics of yeah, it i'm um, sure his answers will be much more interesting <laughs> well <laughs> you put yourself down you know yeah. you know oh uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> i mean but he, he'll have a very i think he'll have a very interesting point of view because he you know was raised feminine mm-hmm. raised as a you know raised as a girl and you know took on masculinity yeah very willingly and yeah. like had to completely adopt you know it's a totally different point of view and yeah. i'm sure like it's very yeah and, we, and we've you know to have that sort of uh almost might inform uh, like the whole idea of this podcast is to learn from people's experiences right and i feel like having someone who observed and then portrayed masculinity could be so informative totally you know, and like, they, i'm sure he like studied it in a way like it was like because he studied it in a way like he had to perform it so yeah it's like, like yeah. an actor studying like someone like hmm men do this. yeah 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 uh so i'm sure yeah i'm sure i'll have some interesting <laughs> tidbits all right well so just so everybody knows mike had to step out so mike is not going to be here for the questions so i will be asking six questions are you ready i'm ready all right first question when are you scared Ooh. uh when I feel like something's going to go wrong. Hmm. Is that specific enough? Give me an example. <laughs> uh, when I feel like I've messed up or I made a wrong decision. Mm. So like, um, uh, or taking risks, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I actually just quit my job to go freelance. <laughs> and that was pretty scary. And I'm scared, no. you know, I'm messaging all these people to get jobs. Yeah. And, you know, like these connections I have, and I'm like, did I say the wrong thing? Like, did I, was I not available? Like, should I have quit earlier? Because now I'm not available. Now they'll yeah. never want to work with me again. Because <laughs> like I wasn't available right away. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I'm scared about the decisions I've made, and like if I made them at the right time, and the risks I'm taking. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's not so much if things are gonna go wrong; it's if you did something and it's gonna go like you yeah. caused it to go wrong. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I'm not a scared. I'm not a scared. I'm not afraid of the dark or anything. <laughs> nothing. No like monsters. Sharks. Nothing. Like, nothing. Yeah. I'm afraid that I fucked up my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. All right. Question two. What do you need from people? These are tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> um. I need support and genuineness. Hmm. Um. And I need people to try. So yeah. like, like friends, example, for example, with friends, I want to feel like someone I'm putting an effort to be friends with is putting an effort to be friends with me. Totally. Um, I need them to show me that they care about our friendship or whatever relationship we have. Um, and I need people to, you know, listen to me when I need to share how my day went or something. I need people to listen and, and be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
Question three. When do you feel hurt? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel hurt when I feel lied to or misled. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. So, yeah, if someone, you know, if someone, if someone's straight with me, if they're doing something that is going to make me unhappy, but like they're not hiding it hmm. and they're like, sorry, I'm going to fuck you over right now. <laughs> like not, not that that happens to me, but, um, I would appreciate that more. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're, you know, doing something in your self-interest. You yeah. like, but like you're straight with me about it. If yeah. someone like tries and hides something from me or they lie to me, that hurts me yeah. more. I would appreciate honesty even when the honest answer is not the best. Or even if a person's being selfish, if you're honest about your selfishness, selfishness, um, I appreciate that. Much. Yeah. It doesn't hurt as much or it doesn't necessarily hurt at all. If you're being selfish, at least you're honest. About yeah. It. At least you're being upfront and like, yeah, there's so much that comes when we lie to someone or hide something. Like there's so much that's being said that isn't being, you know, like mm-hmm. implications and all right. Question four, who intimidates you? Hmm. Um, uh, Super macho men. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah. when I'm, especially when I have to work with someone who's like extra macho, that I do find that intimidating because, and then I'm also conflicted. Like, do I, how much should I try to like fit into that to mm. impress this person versus like, if I have the confidence to just be myself, will that make him like angry <laughs> or like, <laughs> yeah, like a pissed off that I'm not like, Playing his game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's too on the nose. But, yeah, I think that is, I do get intimidated by that. No, I mean, that was, yeah. Especially when, when I, that person is, like, in a position of power over me. And, like, I have to deal with them. And I have to, like, you know, I have to work with them or something. Or I have to impress them if they're, like, working above me or something. Totally. So. Yeah, because then, yeah, there's this, like, you want their approval. But you don't want to not feel like yourself. Yeah, and is this, is this person always just going to look down on me because I'm not fitting that mold? And even if I refuse to fit that mold, and I'm even if I'm, you know, not shy about it, like, you know, that might make him angry. Yeah. <laughs> they may not respect that. Yeah, so. Although, I don't often find that to be the case. I feel like, but my brain still tells me, like, I still feel like that little kid. Like, sometimes yeah. when I get in those spaces with a bunch of macho guys, I still feel, and I may look exactly like them, or but I'm like, I feel like that little kid who's like hiding behind his mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say there are a lot of people who seem like they're macho or they have the outward appearance, but they're like total sweethearts. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. They're like, oh, you're not ex- like you're totally non-judgmental and not at all. Yeah. yeah what yeah. I thought you were going to be. <laughs> Which again speaks to that idea of like you can perform, you can be however you want to be as a man. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, I think I. Yeah, like being macho isn't necessarily there. Like, there's nothing wrong with being macho. Like, you can be macho without being an asshole. Yeah, you can be, you can be like a, a nice sweet macho. firefighter. Yeah, actually, I did work with a guy who was kind of like that. He kind of he kind of looked like a skinhead to me. Was like, <laughs> he had a shaved head and he's like very large. He's actually British, so like yeah. to me as an American, the British accent kind of made it a little bit <laughs> softened better. Softened it, yeah, yeah. It softened it a little. But uh, but um, but no, he was a total sweetheart and like was so non-judgmental and you know, I was like, oh, like. You look scary when I saw you, but you're not scary. Yeah. Uh, but he he also was macho. Like he was into manly things, like quote manly yeah. things, but um, stereotypically manly things. Yeah, but not 
you know, not in a judgmental way. Like yeah. You, you can be however you wanted around him. And so, yeah, cool. there's not to like act like macho men, like they're all faking it <laughs> or no, they're all no. assholes. <laughs> Just some. All right. Question. Just most of them. Um, <laughs> question five. When are you proud of yourself? I'm proud of myself when I've created something that I like. Mm. Um, so with Max, for example, uh, it's hard to make things. It's hard to finish things, um, especially if it's your own thing and you're not necessarily, um, you know, getting money for it or you don't know if you'll get money for it or something. Um, I'm proud of myself being able to do to make the things I want to make, to work on the things I want to work and, you know, make a living out of it. Yeah. (laughs) So. so. Yeah. Creating something that no one is like pressuring you to create. Yeah. And also like feeling free to like go where you want to go. Yeah. Um, All right. So last question is when do you feel like your most authentic self? When am I my most authentic self i guess around friends the friends i feel comfortable around yeah um the friends i don't have to impress uh yeah when i feel free to be myself is when i am myself when Mm. i am my most authentic self and i will like i always want to be my most authentic self i prefer to be my most authentic self um and usually the yeah the most comfortable place for me to do that is around friends yeah yeah it's it often comes up that it's in relationship context like in like we are because an easy thing is to be like uh, i don't know when i'm at home alone but like <laughs> but being around those people that almost feel you almost feel encouraged to be be yourself yeah feels. i don't think i mean can, i would argue you can't even really be yourself because like your personality i feel like is how you relate to other yeah, people yeah is in in contrast to like how you're yeah yeah like if a tree falls in the forest does it make a sound if you're not relating yeah. to someone are you really a when person? you're home alone you're nothing you aren't you're neither yeah. yourself nor not yourself um okay well so thank you so much for being on the podcast uh yeah. what do you want to plug i can guess max but like what do you, how, how can people see it what can they yeah um so Max, well, actually, well, I don't know if this will air before, but yeah, we're hopefully, but so it's, uh, it just got selected at the new fest film festival, nice. which is the only festival we submitted to so far because <laughs> festival submissions cost money. So yep. we haven't submitted too much. Um, but yeah, so got into new fest film festival, which is, uh, connected to Outfest in LA, which is like one of the biggest LGBTQ film festivals in the world. New Fest is connected to that and also very uh, big, and it's in New York. Um, and that it'll be screening as part of a series of shorts on drag mm. called Wigged Out. Um, but Max is not wear a wig. Not wear a wig. But that's the name of the, of the, the screening. Uh, it'll be on October 28th, a Sunday, okay. at 8 p.m. If this airs before then, you can buy tickets. If you just Google New Fest. Um right. But yeah, otherwise it's on Vimeo. Uh, I guess you guys can have a link. Yeah, we'll put a link in. Please watch it. What is there any other way people can support it or like? Um, just watch it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. if you 
work in film and are looking for an editor, hire me. Because <laughs> I'm going freelance. freelance. Yeah. So he needs work. Um, cool. Thank you again. As always, um, if you have any thoughts, questions, want to be on the podcast, think you know someone that should be on the podcast, want to tell us how much you hate us, email us at wallsdownpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate it and review it because that gets us more people see it and then mm, the more people see it maybe we will keep doing it longer um yeah and thanks everyone for listening and thanks for coming on of course all right bye